0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And Pat, we are literally a month away. We're recording Thursday night, so it's technically a month and a day. But as this episode drops, a month away from trade deadline, and we're going to do a little bit of a preview, a faraway preview today of some teams and some players that we're looking out for.
1: Yeah. So as you said, we're basically a month from the trade deadline. It's July 30th this year, not July 31st, which is, it's only one day, but it's still very awkward in my brain to get that change through my head. And I think we're going to start to move in and see some increased activity. I mean, we already saw some as day of recording Toronto Blue Jays made a trade with the Marlins. Uh, to add a little bolster the uh, the bullpen a little bit with Adam Simber coming over, so I think you're going to start to see a little more volume and a little more higher impact players as we get closer <laughs> to the deadline. But a um, good time to start to highlight some things that we think could see happen.
0: Yeah, probably more high high profile names as we get closer as well. But you know what it is actually exactly like the number is uh, the new extra week in NFL. Yeah. There's not going to be the eight and eight anymore. Gonna it's going to be, gonna be yeah, it's going to be so weird to get back to that. All right, cool. So Pat and I both picked a team and we both picked a player. I'm curious to see how you went about it. Cause I thought it was interesting to think about buyers versus sellers. You could easily talk mm-hmm. about one or the other. And then a person that is being sold most likely that is either on a buyer or a seller. But I'll start, and I think we should start with team first. Let's so I went through a lot of options. The first answer that popped into my head was the Cubs. And I think they are the quote unquote easy answer, just so far as everybody's talking about them. And literally, because they've had a tough stretch lately, the Brewers have catapulted into first place in the NL Central. Who, honestly, who knows? what the the uh excuse me what the cubs are going to do. So with that being said, I thought that was really interesting to talk about what we talked
1: about all those guys.
0: I'm going to talk about another team in the in the NL. And it's the San Francisco Giants.
1: Oh, a, such an interesting one, one that for the longest time I felt like has been fool's gold almost, yep. but you're sitting here basically us going into July fool's gold teams aren't 50 and 28. That is exactly. such a good wreck. This isn't a team that's a couple games over 500. It's like, Oh, they could push for a run. They are still leading the national league West and at almost a, a two to one, you know, win to loss ratio. It's uh, it's super impressive. So I think a cool team to spotlight.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to talk about them. And I was thinking that you always say, if the season were to end today, this mm-hmm. is what the standings would look like yep. if the seasons and en- if the season ended today, in the NL, I'm not sure how much change there's going to be in the standings. I've thought since the Giants became who they have become, and I think that's legit now because of the reasons you just said, some combination of the Giants, the Padres, and the Dodgers are going to have the wild card. I think it's going to be the, the NL West, uh, NL East winner, the NL Central winner, and then if the, st- if the standings stood, it would be the Dodgers and the Padres in the wild card spot, which is crazy. But we've talked about the Giants before, so I kind of wanted to use that as the the backdrop. And way back, even when Danny Vietti came on, we talked about the Giants' future Mm -hmm. and how they are in such a good spot because literally next season, they could wipe it clean. They have five prospects in MLB's top 100. They have an excellent farm system. They've got some really good young talent in Mike, Restem- Mike Yastrzemski, uh, Donovan Solano had a huge breakout year in the shortened 2020 season. But they've got all these vets this year who have turned out the clocks. We've talked about it, Eva Goria, Brandon Crawford, all these guys. And then you've had the emergence of Anthony they, they're They're basically a year ahead of schedule. And because of that, now they have a chance to take a chance and go after it this year. And then in the future, build from the bottom and build that farm system. It's literally the best case scenario. But that's the reason why I think they're an interesting team. That being said, they have weaknesses. And when you have five prospects in MLB's top 100, only one of them being a pitcher, that makes for a really good recipe for packaging those guys up and trading them
1: for arms, which I think should be the giants. Number one need. Yeah. It, it, they're so interesting because to your point, you know, that they were a team that I don't think there was a ton expected of them going into the season. They are one of the oldest teams in all of baseball as you say. So, you you know, you mentioned Solano and and Yastrzemski. Solano's 33 and Yaz is almost 31. Yeah, he's
0: actually much older than I always think he is.
1: Yaz is the one that always catches you off guard because I think he only came up like two or three years ago. But yeah, yeah, he's going to his age 31 season. I mean, they're an older team, as you said, with the veterans, but it's working so well. They also have that great farm system to to supplement it. Joey Bart's the one that I know a lot of people are Mm -hmm. really excited to see whether it's at first base or catcher and it was funny because you say you mentioned that that episode with danny vietti we did we were talking about and especially i was talking about kevin gosman being an amazing trade chip for them Mm -hmm. going into july the first place san francisco giants will not be sellers (laughs) at this deadline and gosman has been one of the lead reasons for that at a 1.5 era i'm completely with you where this team, the, the biggest need I see for them, it, it's not even frontline pitching, it's more depth in that rotation that, that I look at. Uh, offensively, it, I think it really catches you off guard. They are one of the best offensive teams, and not just in the National League and all of baseball. I believe they're second in home runs. Um, you know, that they, they put the ball in play, their on base percentage is pretty high. Most of their lineup has an OPS plus over 100. I think there's only one or two guys underneath it, and they're barely underneath it. It's crazy what the San Francisco Giants put together. That is the easiest way that I can sum it up. I could not be more surprised by them, um, and I would like to see them add, uh, add a rotation piece.
0: Yeah, and it's they're in the middle of a two, two consecutive games that they've dropped, and they've both been to the Dodgers. They haven't dropped two games since May 23rd, and they were also to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about them when because this team has overexceeded. I read an absolutely incredible article right before we started by Grant, Britz, Grant Brisby on The Athletic, the Giants guy. When you play like this, expectations start to become heavier and heavier. Oh, and that's a sure. good problem because that means you're a seller and that means when you lose two games, all of a sudden there are all these weaknesses. We are being very nitpicky at this point. Mm-hmm. All these starters probably have ERAs below four, if not three, five, and that's just off the top of my head, maybe not Johnny Cueto, but I like the idea of depth and that's what I'll go into here. So I have long said, and this is something I'll get into when we talk about specific players. I think bullpen is the most important position group
1: on a team that's hitters, starting pitchers, Bullpen. Especially adding for postseason runs. You just yes. you need a, a you good need bullpen.
0: guys. You need guys. You can count on Gosman, and Di Sclafani, Alex Wood, Logan Webb. They've struggled of late, but you can count on those guys to still pitch five or six innings. That's another thing that makes this Giants rotation so lethal. They pitch deep into games. And not a lot of teams can say that. If they can add some depth to both the rotation and the bullpen and maybe add a frontline reliever. I don't think, especially in a best three of five series, what team is going to want to face that rotation? Mm-hmm. So that's the pitching side. And then one other thing that I wanted to highlight that could potentially be a need is right-handed bats. And I'm still recovering from thinking that Donovan Solano and Mike Stemsky were young. That was a horrible error on that, my part. That mind. is totally okay. I guess young compared to Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford. But <laughs> Definitely. I think they could add some, some right-handed bats. And, and some guys that I had thought of CJ Krohn is absolutely mashing. Like and he has one. gotten hot at the right time as the deadlines approaching. Adam Frazier is a lefty, but if anyone's going to tell me that they don't want to bat like Adam Frazier in their lineup, especially in the postseason, I'll tell them they're wrong. Mm -hmm. So I think with belt injury, and belt injury was scary, non-contact, running the bases, we know that he's older, his body is already more fragile to see that type of injury, where his knee literally just buckled. Gabe Kapler said it was minimal structural damage, and that was good news. That was a relief for the Giants, which means he probably won't be back anytime soon. You add some infield depth. Their outfield, they have a lot of guys. Steven Duggar has... Like I think it over an 800 OPS. He is so much better than league average He's hitting. He's
1: 950. 950. 950.
0: Unbelievable. And He's I'm. He's
1: such a great year. He's their youngest is everyday position him. player, by the way, at 27. Just to go on the. That's age crazy. Yeah.
0: I didn't even know that. So somebody like that, who isn't even playing every single day, that's what the Giants have working for them. And then to add, I put so to end, I mean, I have some some names. And I, I, I'll maybe I'll, I'll test your temperature here Mm -hmm. and we can play a little game about whether this is realistic or not. So obviously it was more towards the beginning of the season where the nationals were not very good. Mm -hmm. Max Scherzer is a name that is obviously going to make an immediate impact on a contending team. Talking about starting depth, Max Scherzer is one of those names right off the top of your head. Do you think that's realistic or no?
1: I do not think that he gets moved at all. This, this. Interesting. Strategy. I know, I know that he's been thrown out there a lot. Just Mike Rizzo is not a seller as a GM for the Nationals. The Nationals are hot right now. I don't think, unless that the Nationals get an unbelievable offer from anyone, I will be floored if Max Scherzer is moved. I feel that strongly about that. He's staying in D.C.
0: Yeah, I, it was a complex of factors for me. I don't think the Nationals will sell. I think they would have to go absolutely down the drain and Kyle Schwarber has to evaporate like with him in the lineup right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I just, I don't think to the Giants, especially they don't, it, it's not right to say they don't need him because of course everybody needs mm-hmm. a Max Scherzer, but I think other options fit
1: better. So he'd some... be great. He'd be great. I just, you're going to have to give up your whole farm system. Right. If you want Max and Scherzer. why would you do that? I, I don't think that it's worth it for them
0: so some names that might be worth it jose barrios i think yep. i said i'm taking the over on five players on the twins leaving
1: we'll, we'll talk about more twins later so yep I'm with
0: definitely you. him he's under club control for a while he's gonna be a hot commodity john gray another guy plays that's on the was, rockies
1: that's exactly what i was gonna say kyle gibson yep those are the two that i was going to say gibson and gray
0: I am really excited to talk about my player to watch. If it hadn't been this guy who was also a pitcher, I would have talked about Kyle Gibson. Mm-hmm. He's on the IL right now, I think, with a groin strain. I think you're right. He is having a year. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, you brought up such a good point when you were talking with Danny about how Kevin Gosman might have might have been a great trade ship. It seemed like the Giants were a team that were kind of in limbo. Yep. So you go to the Giants, you build yourself back, and then you get dealt to a contender. That's kind of what hap- That's what's happening now oh, in exactly. Texas, yeah. in Texas, Kyle Gibson, they'll probably keep out Garcia, but if he plays and continues to play at the rate that he's playing, he's going to get dealt Joey Gallo. Same exact thing. Kyle Gibson has done enough for himself that now he can go make an impact on a playoff team. And those are the three – so I I listed four starters. Those are the three ones that I could actually see them going after. They're all under club control for a few years, so then you can also contend this year and then build around them when you have a younger core next year and beyond.
1: Gibson is going to get dealt, so I think he's the one that makes the most sense. I think John Gray is also very likely – to be dealt as well. So I definitely like those two gray. They might even, they may even go more towards because he's got the experience of pitching in the NL West his whole career. True. But I, I obviously you cannot discount what Kyle Gibson's done this year. He's put up some really solid numbers. And again, he's a depth guy. He's not coming in to be that Max Scherzer level of impact that we talked about, but I'm not sure that the giants fully need that. Yes, of course. It's great to add a guy that can make that sort of impact, but I think they have enough there. And uh, I like, I like Gibson as a, as a possible addition to that rotation to help stabilize things.
0: So you think they go reliever over starter if they had one hole to fill or one move to make, you think reliever over starter?
1: I could see that. I, I, cause just, as you said, you can never have enough bullpen arms. You can never have enough quality bullpen arms as you move down the stretch. I think they probably do both. I'd be surprised (laughs) if the giants only made one move. Um, But that's, that's how I'd look at it.
0: Farhan Zaidi also is not afraid to make a big splash. Listen, like if Max Scherzer gets dealt and he goes to the Giants, I would be shocked, but I would also be like, well, it's a that's a big move, and he's not afraid to make it. I wouldn't no. pet- pass somebody like him. Oh no, uh, some other relievers just to put some no- some names in your head: Yimi Garcia. He's been mm-hmm. really bad. I dropped him in fantasy lately, <laughs> but he had a good start of the season. Richard Rodriguez and Kennedy. And Michael Fr- Michael Fulmer can be more of that bulk. bullpen guy. Love the Fulmer one. Because as much as a closer, as valuable as a closer can be, we obviously see Craig Kimball. I, I should have talked about him too. His role is going to be crazy. I'm going to talk about a closer at the end. But to have a guy that can go out and pitch three or four innings in relief might be even more valuable than getting three outs at the end of a game.
1: Yeah it's it's huge to be able to have someone that can go with the multiple inning thing uh it's what the Mets use so much with Seth Lugo and how yeah. vital that is for them so Fulmer I love that you know was a starter started out with so much potential has really lost it a little bit over the years got moved into the bullpen this year and has been yeah. really really good so again another guy that I will be very surprised if he does not get moved would be Fulmer it's just where yeah rookie of the year a couple of years ago, yes. Two years yes, ago. Yes, yes
0: so I think if I had to put money on it I would say that the Giants go after a starter like that. I really think they're going to get a Barrios, a Gray. Marquez is always kind of in in the books, but he's going to cost a little bit more down the stretch too. They do have some holes, and I think they need one more bat too. But I really do – I think we're past is this team legit. Yes. And our new question should be how far can this team go? And can they stay healthy enough? where Buster Posey plays like this in the postseason and Crawford continues to hit the way he's hitting. And Evan Longoria, coming back, can he make the type of impact he was making at the beginning of the season?
1: Could, could not agree more. At the beginning of the season, a lot of our discussion around it was, how real are these Giants? Yeah. And now it's these guys are legit. It's how good can they be and where can they add?
0: Exactly. And what can they what can they do to make themselves even better? And that's exactly mm-hmm. what we're saying about the Red Sox too.
1: Yeah, it's true. It is it's not. We're it's a, at
0: this point. Um, we're what seventy-five plus games into the season. Yeah, yep. These seven-game yeah, division leads. The Yankees are down seven and a half games. At what point do you uh-huh. start thinking that's relatively insurmountable? I'm there with a lot of these races.
1: Man, what a shame! The Yankees <laughs> what a seven shame. and a half games out just uh, breaks my heart to see such a thing.
0: But, I was at I was at Red Sox Yankees Saturday night. Nathan Navaldi, oh. absolute gem. It was so nice to see them just absolutely clobber the Yankees. They, they took a beating
1: this weekend. Yeah. So it, <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. Honestly, we could have done a full podcast on the state of the Yankees right now. Yep. But they're w- an interesting team too. Yes, man. they are. I will stick in the American League or go to the American League. And I will looking at a team that, again, is kind of like the Giants where I really didn't have too high expectations going into the year and have definitely overperformed what I thought. And that would be the Cleveland Indians who – are sitting there right now, nine games over 500, only two games back behind the White Sox. I know the White Sox have been struggling a little bit as of late. I believe they're three and seven in their last 10, but Cleveland, it's so interesting because obviously they're coming off of the Lindor trade. They moved Mike Clevenger last year. They moved on from, from Corey Kluber a couple years ago. This has been a team kind of ripping themselves apart and building themselves back up while holding on to Jose Ramirez who has been a linchpin in that lineup and is having a really great year would be in the MVP conversations if there weren't men named Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Shohei Otani (laughs) (laughs) blasting right now but you look at Cleveland I mean Shane Bieber hasn't been healthy like they've they've struggled with with some injuries this year so I think pitching is the easy way to go but I look at that lineup and I say there you can upgrade a bunch of these a bunch of these positions here like they're just there's not a ton of hitting coming out of them and they're still nine games over 500 i talk about the giants having think it was one or two players under 100 for an ops plus cleveland has seven to eight players in their everyday lineup every day under 100 so under league average they are a very poor offense and yet here they are nine games over 500 it's really, really impressive. So, so some names that I think about when I think of where the Indians can move. The other thing you have to think about with them is they're not going to go get the big guy. Mm-hmm. They just traded they Lindor. Exactly. Yeah, they, you know, the we know what they do. As you said, they, they're not going to pay anyone. So the Max Scherzer's out there, like a Chris Bryant, like it's just not realistic. It's it's not going to happen here. So I look at it. A name that you brought up, Adam Frazier, I think makes a ton of sense. Cesar Hernandez, not. Much. I was going to ask if he's still playing there. Yeah, not <laughs> doesn't give you too much there at second base. I think Frazier fits a lot of what the Indians do, which more of that contact with the ball in play, use a little bit of speed type offense. You know, I, I look at first base and a name that immediately jumps to mind. If they're looking for a more power bat to kind of pair with uh, Fran mill Reyes when he comes back from his injury, I love Jesus Aguilar. Mm. And I think he can be pride for Miami. The Marlins are not going to contend this year for a playoff spot. If they make a decent offer, I could absolutely see that. And then you look at the outfield as well. You know, Bradley Zimmer is doing okay. You know, especially on the, the on base percentage wise. I know they lost Naylor over the weekend, which is really going to hurt them. But I, I think they could possibly look to add there. Uh, I look around and I see a guy like Robbie Grossman is he gonna mm-hmm. make the biggest impact in the world? Probably not, but he's a switch hitter that's got some pop and Detroit is going to sell. Yeah so I, I think you look around there there are some options here. Of course you can always go to starting pitching as we talk about again, Kyle Gibson and John Grey are the two that really stick out to me that should be attainable even for someone like Cleveland. They're good. they're better than I thought and they but they just they need some more bite in that lineup.
0: Yeah. I have so many different ways to go. The first, another guy, Matthew Boyd is yep. definitely somebody that's going to leave Detroit. It's more of where's he going to go? I can't believe he's still he's there. Go. He's I been know.
1: rumors get traded for like three yeah. years now.
0: <laughs> and that's a mistake because he, he was so much better three yep. years ago. Yep. So I need to push back on something you said. Yeah. Is it impressive is what Cleveland is doing impressive because eight of their nine starters are below league average.
1: It is because you would think for me at least they'd be so much worse. Than I know, they but
0: are. I, I guess impressive. That wasn't the right question because obviously they're overperforming. But yeah. like, is that good? <laughs> First of all, how are they doing that? And second of all, why? What? I just. It's so they've been no hit twice. Yep. They've been no hit twice, and yeah. they're
1: forty-two and thirty-three. It's absurd. I'm laughing as I say it because it's why I brought them up because they don't make sense. Because, you know, sitting here on going into June 30th, are you going to ask me, do I have a ton of confidence in this Cleveland Indians team? Absolutely not. But we're also sitting here on June 30th and they're two games out of first place in the American League Central. I totally feel you.
0: And the White Sox have been struggling lately. But I'll tell you the reason why they continue to be in contention year after year It does not matter who they throw out on the mound Mm -hmm. because like the Rays, potentially even better than the Rays, the the Cleveland Indians have the best pitching developmental team in the entire league. It's
1: it's incredible what they do It's
0: It's Cleveland and Tampa Bay, maybe Mm -hmm. interchangeably. And then everybody else is at the floor. So you could, I'm being honest with you. I don't think I can name probably three of their five starters right now. Aaron Savali. Shane Bieber,
1: Zach, please Zach. and they're all oh, injured. Please, all three. But those I was are gonna the say, best, and they're all hurt. Please Zach
0: hasn't pitched in a while. Yeah. The guys that are on the mound, like the guy on the mound tonight, I probably haven't heard of him. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because they continue to throw out these products that have excelled. In the minor leagues. I'm saying that as a person who watches baseball every single night. Mm -hmm. It's crazy that they're able to do this. It's why they can send away Francisco Lindor. It's why, unfortunately, as Jose Ramirez continues to get better and better. And when he hits the market and when he gets the money that he deserves, he will not be staying in Cleveland No. Zero percent chance that he stays in Cleveland.
1: Yeah, the, he's he's not going to be. There. The other thing that's played into it as well is their bullpen, especially the back end of the yeah. bullpen. We talk about the importance of it. They've got it. Emmanuel Class A is is a stud. He throws a yeah. hundred. He you talk about development. That it's only twenty three years old. Very exciting. Yeah. The player that he can turn into James Karinchek has been very good the last two years. Has some nasty curveballs coming out of his stuff. And then you go journeyman like Brian Shaw has pitched a lot of innings for them out of that bullpen. He's been good. Like yeah. it's it, a lot of this does come down to bullpen and that's the thing. So you look at the Indians, they're two games out. And as we just ripped off their top three starters are on the injured list right now. Mm-hmm. So they have the pitching to stay in it. I just, as I said, they need some more bite uh in that lineup and whether it's just putting the ball and play more in the Adam Frazier type uh, role or going for a bopper like Jesus Aguilar that they, they can make some upgrades there if yeah. they want to, but it's also Cleveland. So there's a chance they might they, not exactly. <laughs>
0: And Shane Bieber isn't nearly as good as he was last year, too. No. This is a a much lesser version of Shane Bieber, who's still probably a top-five pitcher in the AL. Still
1: very effective.
0: Yeah, if not a top-three pitcher in the AL. I feel like I'm always disappointed at trade deadline, even though it's one of the most exciting times of the year for me. I see all these perfect matches, and then more so than not they never pan out <laughs> for example jesus aguilar he absolutely should go to a team that needs some pop yep. even somebody like nelson cruz mm-hmm. what's stopping nelson cruz from going to the indians yeah. besides the fact that he plays in the and in, in the al central the twins won't want to get rid of him but the indians need pop no matter who they put on the mound I have confidence in because they continue to perform night in and night out. If they can add one more bat, Jose Ramirez has turned himself into a perennial MVP candidate. That's Mm -hmm. how good he is. They need a few more guys. They've got both Rosarios in the outfield, right?
1: uh the Rosario they moved him back to the infield ahmed okay. at least because the the outfield experiment didn't work out too well but yeah. i know they have talked about moving him back out there
0: uh, in the lineup i meant yeah. basically but edio yeah.
1: rosario has been really
0: good he ahmed rosario can always get on base get a hit but he's playing I think, well for them
1: which is yeah, I, good to see i think it
0: would be a crime actually if the if cleveland doesn't go get another bat cj chrome fits that robbie mm-hmm. grofman jonathan scope this is a guy I actually should have mentioned yes, for I, the. Uh,
1: yeah, I had him written down. And I didn't the Giants. Say that, so yes. He has
0: been on a tear. He would be good. He plays second base too. Mm-hmm. Even somebody, Whit Merrifield, I think he should stay with the Royals. They won't deal him. But imagine what somebody like Whit Merrifield can do That's for an the Indians.
1: That is that is an impact player. If someone can add him,
0: it's a big deal. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll do it because they're but again, when you've got especially in the postseason, when you've got the pitching, the starting and the relievers you're dangerous. And you you're dangerous. Win. So maybe it just makes me mad that Cleveland continues to win <laughs> and I would just want them to have better hitters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll see if they go out and do it.
0: Yeah. But no, that central race is becoming closer than we thought it was going to be because Much we closer. were talking about the White Sox a couple weeks ago and it might've been seven, seven and a half. And it It didn't seem like anybody was even close and Cleveland is, is giving them it's kind of a a stitch in their side.
1: Yeah. They're struggling right now. They have not been able to pull away. Like I thought they were going to pull away. Uh, So another team to look out for if they're going to add a bat, but
0: it's been injuries. That's the other, you really can't blame them they lose an impact guy every other day. It seems like I also was thinking about talking about the white Sox, but because their injuries are so like they obviously need a second baseman. They obviously now need an outfielder in place of Eloy Jimenez. The second baseman is Nick Madrigal. They're kind of weak in outfield corners anyway. So you just you just plug those holes. Mm. But somebody like Cleveland and somebody like the Giants, too, they're already contending it's what they're going to do to take themselves to the next level to challenge. Because even if the like, even if Cleveland gets the wild card spot. They can't compete against Oakland or Houston, in my opinion. They can't compete against the White Sox. Boston has a better offense than them. If the Yankees are hot and they go on a stretch to end the season, which I still don't think is out of the picture, they have a better offense. Yeah, the yeah, Cleveland has great pitching, but if they put three runs up on the board, do I have a lot of confidence that Cleveland can put four up? No.
1: Yeah, it's tricky. And that's a low standard. Yeah, yeah, as you pointed out there, I mean – the AL East, Boston and Tampa is the class of that. So you'd imagine both of them will probably make the playoffs. The American, the AL West, what a race that's turned yeah. into with the, you know, the Astros, and uh, and Oakland out there, and then here, you know, it's. I feel like the Central's only going to get one player, one player, one team into the postseason. Me but too. Listen, they're only two games back. Like to to look at it realistically and give them credit, they are right there. Do I think the White Sox are a much better team? Absolutely. But yeah. to where we are right now, they're right there. Again, you got to give these credit. I mean, yeah, the
0: the Tigers are the third team in the central right now. Is that correct? Is that accurate?
1: I've got it up right now. They are half a game behind the twins, so they're in fourth. Oh, but fourth. right there, right there. They're a half
0: right game there. And this was going to be their quote unquote throwaway season. Yeah. They're picking it up as late. Like their pitchers are coming around they're going to send away some of their big hitters, but they've got a core to build around. And that's exactly what the Indians did. And it's all young pitchers who came out of great schools, takes them a little bit of time and now look where they are. And I think mm-hmm. they've been above 500 for the last couple of weeks or so, yep. but yeah, as frustrating as it is, the Indians do deserve some credit. Definitely.
1: Uh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so I right. get into player and let's, let's go through the players a little quicker just to keep okay. on pacing.
0: I'll start. Yeah. I'll stay with pitching. I mentioned the bullpen group and the guy. this one besides Craig Kimbrell, who, again, I think we've put the Cubs in their own category at this point. It's Richard Rodriguez. And I have a oh, very man, interesting, I have very interesting numbers to go through. So just as some background, the financials, because unfortunately that is really what makes all of these trade deadline deals go down. Rodriguez is 31. He's under team control through 2023 so even if he wasn't one of the top tier relievers in the league he would still be a very hot commodity he's getting paid 1.7 million in Mm -hmm. 2021 teams like that i mean that is just music to gm's Mm -hmm. ears so i'll bring you through his his career so far in 2017 with the orioles he pitched five and two-thirds innings and they were not very good pat he gave up 12 (laughs) hits nine earned runs Four homers, he split strikeouts and walks, three apiece. His ERA, 14.29, not Not very flattering. Not ideal. His whip was 2647.
1: Definitely not ideal. Not
0: ideal. And his K per nine ratio is only 4.8. So when you look at a baseball, when you look at a reliever's baseball reference page, I put a little bit less stock into the ERA plus and the FIP. And even the whip, because the sample size is just so much smaller Mm -hmm. and especially a 5.2 innings pitched sample size. It is literally minuscule. But when you couple that with the years since he's thrown over 189 innings, he's thrown over 65 in 18 and 19, which is significant for at the time, basically a bridge guy. He wasn't always a closer like he is this year since 10.3 10.3 strikeouts per nine, a 267 ERA, a whip sub one at 0.99, and he's only given up 23 homers. That's this huge. year specifically, career highs and ERA, ERA plus, which is 229, 129% better than league average, FIP, whip, hits per nine, home runs per nine, walks per nine, and Ks per nine. I would say, Pat, I don't know if you're going to agree with me here, but it's a pretty good time to be pitching like that while you're the hottest commodity at the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, not bad, right? He not is, bad. <laughs> he's been a stud, a, a straight up stud. And so it's interesting on, on Pittsburgh's art because, as you said, he's not a free agent until 2024. So there is not a need to move him, but I'm not sure his value is ever going to be higher. So sure. that the kind of puts Pittsburgh in an interesting spot where they're not going to be forced to move him, but they're inclined to move him, I'd say, is the best way to put it. Um, and what's interesting for him and why, especially, the, I mean, he's been effective, as you said, for the past couple of years, but why he's been so effective this year. He has cut his walk rate from, in 2019, over 8% to just under 3%. It's so huge. more than half he's cut, it, he's cut it, which is just obviously so important and so impressive right now he's not striking out as many batters as he's done in past years but he's making or he's having batters have weak contact which obviously is super key in not letting barrels get on the ball because we know that's what baseball is really centered around right now can you can you center that ball up hit it hard with your launch angle that's what Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's where we are right now and he has been great at really mitigating that so it makes him really effective and as you said he is quite possibly the top bullpen arm on the market right now, which there are a bunch of good ones nope. too. So and that's a big feat. Yeah, for sure. And, and to go into the points that we said earlier, every single contending team is going to look to head to their bullpen, which yep. makes him a fit for most playoff teams, uh, you know, uh, across the league. And the other funny thing is he does it with two pitches. He is, he throws a fastball almost 90% of the time.
0: Yeah. And I I, think it's like 90, 94 to 96. It's It's nothing crazy.
1: No, it's not. And then he mixes in a cutter for a little bit of movement, a cutter two seam fastball. Uh, However, you know, it moves in that way. So it's honestly really impressive. And I I think someone's going to try and bite at him this. uh, Oh yeah.
0: I, I think for sure. I think Pittsburgh is at a point now where they have a couple really, really good pieces In Cabrian Hayes, Adam Frazier, Brian Reynolds, and Richard Rodriguez, honestly. And they have a couple good pitchers. Max Cranick threw five perfect innings last week before Mm -hmm. there was a weather delay.
1: First to ever do that, by the way, in his first start.
0: Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, The bottom line, though, is that Pittsburgh isn't a year or two away. And Richard Rodriguez isn't going to be as good as he is now a year or two from now. And
1: he's 31.
0: So you might as well deal him in my mind and get a lot back from him, which is, I think is would be what he deserves. So I wrote some teams down and then at this point it was like 11 or 12 teams long because obviously every team could use an arm like him. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to a team that already has a cemented closer mm-hmm. and turns into more of the bridge guy that he was in the past. Same. And I also wouldn't be surprised if he goes to a team and closes. Toronto needs a really good bullpen arm. The Giants would be a good position. Honestly, I put the Padres and the Dodgers too. But what I really like is potentially a team. You're not going to like this, actually. I was looking at the NL East. And the Mets' margin has gotten a little slimmer since Mm -hmm. the last time we've looked at it. I wouldn't be surprised if Dave Dombrowski and the Phillies try and make a move. And God forbid if that move isn't in the bullpen. I think our Phillies fans might have a problem. Rodriguez would be the perfect guy to fit there. And you keep them through 2024, which makes him even more valuable. And then a team like the Braves too. They Braves need, was
1: exactly what stood out to me. They
0: need some serious bullpen help too. So yeah, it would be nice for Rodriguez to go to a team and help them win a World Series. But I could also just as easily see him go to a team, stay there for two, three more years as this team is rising as well.
1: And that's what also opens him up as to be available to more teams or interesting to more teams is that it's not a straight up rental for you have to fully trust in your team to be able to make some sort of run to get the most out of him because he's going to be gone. As you said, he's got a couple of years left before he reaches free agency here, which is also going to jack up his price here on the trade market. So we'll see how many teams then want to meet that, but at least they've got the criteria that they know they'll have him for a couple of years.
0: Yeah, and that's what's so that's what is so exciting to me about a case of him versus the Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. It is almost, it's worth renting Max Scherzer for however many months. Four is it? July to October, and then losing him if that helps you get over the hump versus having a guy like Rodriguez for three more years. Yep. at a lower price, but maybe he doesn't. He isn't moving the needle for you as much. It's just it's really a balance. But both guys are super valuable.
1: Yes, they are. All right, let's hear your guy. Cool. So mine sticks along the same line that it is not a rental piece. And mine this time goes to the bats and this time a corner infielder. And I'm going with Josh Donaldson along the lines of what we talk about with the Minnesota twins moving on and making some deals here. And why Donaldson's so interesting is because he signed the big contract with them just a year ago, you know, it mm-hmm. was a four year $92 million deal with the Minnesota twins. But as I said, the twins are way out of it right now. He struggled with injuries a little bit over, over last year and this year. Uh, But when he's been in the lineup this year, he's been pretty effective, especially on the power side of things. He does have 11 home runs. He does have an OPS plus of almost 30% better than league average. He is hitting over 50% uh, of his balls in play at considered hard hit rate. He's having a very, very strong year. You know, you go in, it's that corner infield position it's third base I think the National League is probably where he finds a home here mm-hmm. if someone does deal for him. Just looking at all those American League teams, they're pretty strong at, at third. Almost,
0: I could almost name off every single third baseman. Exactly, an right. And, you think about, and they're yeah.
1: all really good. So yeah. it's hard for me to think there. So what I think of immediately when I go to the National League third baseman, I think the Brewers – are a very mm-hmm. real possibility. We talk about how again it like Cleveland, but to a different extent, mm-hmm. their pitching is so good. But do they have enough bite in that lineup? I think Donaldson would be a great guy to throw in there. Yeah. That you know the New York Mets are an interesting one as well. You know, mm-hmm. are they going to be aggressive? Third base is definitely a position that's been talked about that they could look to upgrade at. And the other thing about Josh Donaldson is he's a postseason performer. I really feel that if you put him onto a team that is contending for a World Series, you're going to get an extra jolt out of him. He's a right-handed bat. He's a dangerous bat that's been there, done that. I don't think you're going to get the 37 home runs you got even just two years ago from the mm-hmm. Braves, but you're going to get a guy that knocks and runs, that can, you know can play every day, that's got the power threat, that's got a postseason track record. That is a very attractive piece for me for teams.
0: Yeah, you sold them pretty well right I, there. I try. He meets the moment. He really does. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting you brought him up of all the Twins pieces, right? Oh, yeah, they are multiple they've ones you go to. Yep. I'm not sure if josh donaldson would have made my cut oh ah, interesting i think it's cruz
1: mm-hmm. i
0: think it's definitely cruz definitely rios um help me out here i guess the,
1: like Th- those are the top I mean, line ones i don't think they they're, they're gonna gonna move not gonna pay Bust buxton
0: in, in the future though
1: probably not but i'd be surprised just with all the injury things that you've seen with yeah. him i'd be surprised if he goes out snow has been you know yep. rumored to to possibly go out they, they've got some decisions to make. as you said Barrios. I'm not sure if a team's gonna want Jay Hap. Oh, Michael Pineda. Pineda They're, and Pineda Happ. Will, yeah. Pineda probably moves as long as he's healthy.
0: Yeah. So Josh Donaldson. The thing is, he has sat. He has had an amazing career. He really mm-hmm. has. But when he signed that deal with Minnesota after his year with Atlanta, I just didn't think it was gonna work out. And when you sit for a full year, and in this case, it was the asterisk year, which I know you love. Yeah but it was still a full season of him really not being able to stay on the field. It, it just lowers your, your value so much. And something that I actually need to get off my chest that I, has been really annoying me lately is what injury prone has become. Mm-hmm. If you get hit in the hand by a pitch, that doesn't mean you're injury prone. No, let's straighten that out. Not it does all. not mean that you are injury prone. Josh Donaldson has had different types of injuries that make him fall under that umbrella. And I don't even know if you would call him injury prone because he is much older now and he's had great seasons 35. behind him. Yeah. I, I really like uh, the teams that you mentioned, the brew, the, it makes perfect sense to me, him going to the Brewers. The Brewers I think is the a cleanest bit yep. behind Yelich and you've got a resurging Keston Hura and Willie freaking Adamus is like the new Christian Yelich in Milwaukee right now. <laughs> so cool. But I think the twins are going to be in a position where they can get a lot back from Donaldson. And I think they're in the position that they should take that.
1: And that's the thing too, as we said, you know, it, it, he still has years left on his contract. Oh, so yeah. They do not have to move him right now, but I think there's a decent chance a contending team gives them a call. And looks at Donaldson and says, that is an important piece I can add to the middle of my lineup. He doesn't have to be the guy in a lineup, but he would be an awesome supporting cast member. Uh,
0: He's one full season away from being maybe the second best hitter in that Braves lineup. That was a favorite for the World Series, maybe Mm -hmm. third behind Freeman and uh, Marcelo Zuna at the time. But I think that's a really interesting pick because the Twins, I mean – I'm honestly wondering if the the twins pride is going to get away of what they can get back for a few of these players because they were AL central favorites Mm -hmm. and now they could legitimately sell up to five of their core players. And maybe Donaldson doesn't fit under core, but Jose Barrios definitely does. And he should be dealt at the dead at the deadline because the twins aren't going anywhere.
1: Yeah, no, they are not 10 games under 500, which is actually a lot better than they have been so far. It was this at season. 17 at one yes, point, yes, right? it was yeah. very bad. So they're playing a little better of late, but it's still enough where if they get a, a decent enough offer, I think Donaldson will be on the move.
0: Yeah, maybe Donaldson goes to Giants and he maybe. raises that medium age even more. Yeah,
1: they love they love their old <laughs> guys out there. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: that would be funny. So, Pat, I completely forgot to do a number this week.
1: Oh, that's okay. I have one.
0: Can you carry it for me?
1: I can, and it's actually a fun one to talk about because we're okay. going to talk. We're going to talk about uh, Babe Ruth. Um, oh, excuse me, I meant Kyle Schwarber. Uh, sorry, I was getting them <laughs> mixed up for how they've played so far. But the stat there is that my number is three. And that, well, that is was good, know, like that. that. <laughs> and which is also Babe Ruth's number, by the way, um, which is the amount of players that have hit 15 home runs in a 17 game stretch. Yeah. Kyle Schwarber became the third one. He joins Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds as the only other players in Major League Baseball history to accomplish the feat. Again, please excuse me for mixing him up with Babe Ruth because that is basically <laughs> what Kyle Schwarber is at the plate right now this is it's just this tear that he's been on is insane it hasn't been a season it's been an okay season for him beforehand he was hitting Mm -hmm. home runs obviously nothing like this but it was was, slow though it it was slow slow. i remember going back to our you know when we were talking through the offseason and we both disagreed with the cubs decision to just non-tender kyle Schwarber. and i think you're seeing why because the potential has always been there listen is he ever going to hit at 15 home runs in 17 games again most likely not but you know he has that high ceiling He's able to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He has carried the Nationals since they put him in a leadoff spot where he has just been ridiculous. And they've gotten to a point where they're back to five hundred right now and in striking distance in the NL East. What Kyle Schwarber is doing right now is just insane, but it has been really fun to watch. He's
0: had more multi-home run games then some guys have had multi-hit games in that stretch.
1: He's got more home runs by himself than I believe it was eight other teams. It's absolutely oh, eight teams. In that stretch, eight teams. yes.
0: How do you even, that's it.
1: Like, that's it. It's
0: unbelievable. And you hit on the two things that I wanted to talk about, which is the leadoff spot, mm-hmm. because he was able to go in there and put this Nationals team back into buying conversations literally by himself pretty much and the second part is the cubs the cubs have struggled with the leadoff spot for years now and kyle schwarber wasn't that guy last year so the cubs non-tendered him and then picked up basically his mirror image in yeah, Josh Peterson. That was the weirdest part for me. Josh's been okay.
1: He's been okay, yeah. but obviously not the impact that Schwarber's had.
0: Exactly. And they were just so similar that you think at that point you might as well, might stick, well with stick with, with the guy, guy that you yep. drafted. Yeah. Theo's guy, which I think is worth mentioning. Uh, but, definitely. anyways, to see, I, I have literally been thinking about what. The Cubs would be like if they had Schwarber, and obviously middle you can't. Of that lineup? Yeah, you oh, can't just in, insert spot. that. But it's crazy mm-hmm. because what Schwarber's doing is absolutely absurd, and it is just. I mean, at this point, I don't know. I was literally thinking this morning. I don't know why pitchers are pitching to him. No. Why would you give Kyle Schwarber a pitch to hit if he's going to more likely than not in this stretch have two home runs a game?
1: <laughs> it, it's crazy. And the other thing, thinking about Schwarber, he's only twenty-eight. You know, he's going into his age 29 season next year and he's on a one-year deal. So I was he's going to hit gonna free say. agency this winter. The, I am so interested in the type of contract that he's going to receive yeah. after. Because, listen, he's not going to stay at this pace for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. or at least you would assume so. But we're sitting here before July and the guy's already got 24 home runs. Mm-hmm. We know teams pay for power. So I, he went from a guy that was literally non-tendered by the Chicago Cubs to someone that could be positioning himself to make a very large sum of money come the winter.
0: And I really think the Cubs didn't give him enough credit and it was more the covid landscape at the time yes, all these were guys to, were non-tender. Yeah. yeah, which is fair enough. I don't think Kyle Schwarber ever at any point in his career would fit into the non-tender just no. because he was terrible. But yeah, I mean He could be somebody who moves at the deadline too. Imagine him in the middle of a lineup and a contending team if it's not the
1: Nats. (laughs) If the Nationals have a miserable month, yeah, there's a chance for it. The thing is, I'm just I don't think they're gonna have a miserable month. They look really good right now.
0: I really agree with you that they're gonna buy more likely than they Mm -hmm. will sell. But in terms of the contract, I honestly can see him moving into a DH role yes. at some point well, in his career.
1: Best part for him is that the National League will have it next the year. The
0: National League will have it, which is very good for him. He's not going to keep this up forever, no. but I can I can almost see him. Max Muncie has been much better at this, but last year we've talked about the really low average, but still a lot of power and still bats fourth in the lineup. I can see Kyle Schwarber... M- becoming, molding into that role a little bit. Yeah,
1: as could I. I think that makes a ton of sense.
0: Yeah. And just off the top of my head, a number that I thought of, apologies again that I forgot, 117 miles per hour. Uh, Ronald Acuna Acuna hit a home run 117 miles off the bat, which I believe was the fastest since StatCast started recording, which was back in 2015.
1: And I think Otani hit one that was just like (laughs) right there, just a little slower against the Yankees a couple nights ago.
0: And just a few days later, Otani did the same
1: yeah, exact thing. Yeah, I was going to say, thing. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he did it. Yep. I was. Oh, le- that's that's so exactly
0: cool. what, I, what I was going to do, because I saw that. And 117, you see 112, 113, that's crazy. Ronald Lacuna shatters that. And then literally two or three days later, Otani hits the same exact thing.
1: And it's by two guys that you honestly, at this point, you kind of expect it. Because that is how freakish the both of them are.
0: Just an addendum to our spotlighting greatness weekly walk off on Friday. Which, as you're listening, go back and listen to that because that was a great episode. The stats that you and I brought up were mind numbing, to quote
1: both of us. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, definitely make sure you give that one a listen because we had a great time making it.
0: Yeah. And I'm so excited. I'm glad it worked out perfectly that this was literally a month as this episode drops until trade deadline. I imagine us having a lot of. trade deadline conversations in the future we should maybe do one in the future where we both put a gm hat on we should take a teams and we could just yeah i like that that would be
1: fun Could be a weekly walk-off as we get closer to it love that oh yeah
0: and it's the end of the month which means we're gonna have our big end of the month content coming soon good stuff Uh it might be the dog days of the season but We're always coming up with things to talk about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Sweet. All right. Well, that will do it here for us then on the Did You Hear podcast. Be sure to shoot us a follow on Spotify and subscribe on iTunes. Leave a rating as well as that really helps us out. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Did You Hear Pod. We will be dropping a weekly walk-off with our June um, Players of the Month on Friday morning. But otherwise, Emma, that's a wrap.